Shalom, and thank you for listening to Progressively Jewish, a podcast where you can explore and connect to Judaism through a progressive Jewish lens. In this episode, we continue our theme of acts of kindness and are delighted to welcome Rabbi Sylvia Rothschild, who is, among other things, a proud daughter of Bradford and co-editor of Taking Up the Timbrel, the challenge of creating ritual for Jewish women today. The rabbis tell us that there are things we can do in this world for which there is no fixed measure. And there are things that we do for which we can enjoy the benefit in this world and also receive merit in the world to come. And the behaviour called Gamilut Chasadim appears to have both of these abilities. Gamilut Chasadim also appears as one of the three pillars on which the world is said to be established, along with Torah and with Avodah, or temple service. So what is this Gamilut Chasadim? And why is it so important? Maybe you, like me, have become so used to this phrase, Gamilut Chasadim, and its usual translation as acts of loving kindness or bestowing loving kindness, that it's merged with other similar Hebrew values in our minds. Hebrew values such as tzedakah, righteous behaviour or charity, and tikkun olam, repairing the world, as a kind of catch-all for good and right behaviour. The kind of behaviour that the prayer that is repeatedly recited at this time of year, the Unatana Tokef, says will help mitigate the decree against us during the Yamim Noraim, the days of awe, when we hope that God will judge us more kindly than maybe we think we deserve. Now, while Gemilut Chasadim certainly has overlap with tzedakah, with charity, and with tikkun olam, with repairing the world, it is, in fact, quite different, and I think a much larger phenomenon. The Talmud tells us that Gemilut Chasadim is greater than tzedakah, because tzedakah can be given only with one's money. But Gemilut Chasadim can be given by personal service as well. As with money. Tzedakah can be given only to the poor, but Gamilut Chasadim can be applied both to poor and to wealthy. Tzedakah can be given only to the living. Gamilut Chasadim can be given both to the living and to the dead. It fascinates me that the rabbis use this word, gemilut, rather than the more usual word you would expect to describe deeds or actions, ma'ase. The word gemilut comes from the Hebrew root made of gimel, mem, lamed, and has three distinct meanings. First, most obviously, the word for camel is drawn directly from this root, gamal. And some say that the letter Gimel 
actually is meant to look like a camel walking. But this verbal root also means to ripen, to wean. In modern Hebrew, it's used in that sense to mean to recover from an addiction. And finally, it has a whole cluster of meanings around to pay or to recompense, to pay back or to reward. And indeed, even when the reward is undeserved or is over and above what is required, this is the word that you'd use. So when, for example, we recite that ancient prayer, Birkat HaGomel, the blessing that we might recite after having successfully averted danger, we thank God for rewarding us with safety and with health, because we are, in the words of the blessing, rewarded with kindness despite our spiritual shortcomings. The blessing reads, Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Hagomel l'chayavim tovot, shigamalani kol tov. Blessed are you, eternal God, ruler of the world, who rewards the undeserving with goodness, who's rewarded me with goodness. So the reward, the recompense in Gamilut, is not in response to what we've done or what we deserve. It's given despite what we've done or what we might deserve. Hmm. So, back to the language, Gamilut Chasadim. I especially like the idea of this particular Hebrew root being chosen, rather than the normal Hebrew root you'd expect, asa, meaning action, because I like the concatenation of both weaning and restitution that's offered despite ourselves and which together seem to me to enable and empower both the giver and the receiver of Gamilut Chasadim. When we wean someone, it means we're removing them from another entity. We're giving them a kind of an independence, potentially. Weaning a child means removing its dependency from the nourishment of the mother's milk, but that isn't all. When we wean a child off the milk, we have to wean the child onto other substances. And that takes time and investment in the process in order that the child will grow to have a varied and complex diet in the future. The modern usage, weaning someone from an addiction, is maybe even clearer. Because ongoing and sometimes very long-term support is needed for the change in behaviour of the addict. So Gamilut Chasadim is more than a simple, limited act of kindness which could be quickly over and we could move on from. For this mitzvah, the actor has to invest and commit to the other person. Has to give whatever's needed and potentially over a significant period of time to the other to ensure that they have the necessary support to continue their life, to secure their future going forward. So while Gamilut Chasadim certainly encompasses an act of kindness, it necessarily changes both the actor and the one who receives the kindness. Because the commitment to and investment in the other creates a relationship between them that holds over time. Gamilut Chasadim, then, 
is unlike Ma'asech Asadim, Deeds of Kindness, because it's not just one act that's completed quickly and potentially with little thought or little investment in the outcome. Gamilut Chasadim is something that necessarily affects both parties. It changes them. In some way, it builds a bond between them. The Maharal of Prague, Rabbi Judah Lervi ben Betzaleo, discussing the difference between tzedakah, charity or righteous behaviour, and gemilut chasadim, says that tzedakah is judged by the needs of the recipient. The assistance that is given is to alleviate the perceived need. But gemilut chasadim is judged instead by the giver. It's limitless. And since it's not tied to what is merited by the receiver, the level that can be offered will reflect the amount of caring that the person who gives is able to feel and willing to offer. It reflects their empathy and also their willingness to engage. Now, tzedakah is important. Indeed, many charities rely on the impulse to give tzedakah at this time of year. Tzedakah is a way to support the most vulnerable in our society, to share resources in order to make the life of others who are less fortunate or less able to support themselves better. Maimonides builds on the verbal root tzedakah, which of course is tzedek, justice, by saying that tzedakah is granted according to the right they have in law, or it's giving to every being, that which corresponds to their merits. There's nothing limitless in tzedakah. It's calibrated, it's regulated in terms of Jewish law. A transaction that once completed is indeed complete and nothing more need happen between giver and receiver unless they choose for the relationship to continue. Tzedakah keeps a social order functioning but it doesn't necessarily build the relationship or build society. Only Gamilut Chasadim creates the empathic human relationships that underpin the collective. So why are we told in the Unatanatokhev prayer that permeates our liturgy at this time that it is tshuva, atonement, tefillah, prayer, and sadaka, charity, that can mitigate the severity of the decree. In part, it's because the rabbis of the Talmud use a biblical verse that actually says giving tzedakah delivers us from death, to teach that giving tzedakah will cause God to look more kindly on us now it's our turn to be judged. In part, as Rav Soloveitchik writes, it's because there's an element of selfishness in transgression. Some form of personal benefit has been given precedence over religious and social principles. Linking to the story of the building of the Mishkan, the tabernacle or sanctuary that was built after the sin of the golden calf, Soloveitchik notes that everyone was obliged to donate a half shekel towards building the sanctuary and he describes the donation of money as a ransom. It's as if each person must pay to be redeemed from the sin that binds them. 
And this tzedakah, the giving of money, is the correct pathway because it diminishes our personal wealth and hence our selfishness. It may be because tzedakah is measurable. It's subject to clear accounting. So you can tell when and how it's been done and if enough has been done. We can see the demonstration of responsibility and willingness to share our resource with others. But Gamilut Chasadim is limitless. How would we ever be able to tell that we've done enough to avert the severity of the decree? So it makes sense, in terms of this prayer, that forgiveness from God is obtained when tzedakah, charity, accompanies the teshuva process, the process of atonement, rather than demanding the limitless gamilut chasadim. For the purposes of the Unatanatokhev prayer, during these special days of awe, teshuva, return, tefillah, prayer, and tzedakah, charity, can be our focus as we consider how we're living our lives, how we can become the better people we want to be. But move the focus a little and consider our role in the various communities in which we live. Think beyond the redemption of the individual. And it becomes clear why the rabbis see Gamilut Chasadim as one of the three pillars on which the world stands. We can understand why they taught it as being both a never-ending goal and also a quality which can change us in this world for the better and which builds merit for us in the world to come. So the next time the refrain of the Unatanatokhev prayer sounds in your head, make a mental note. Tshuva, tefillah and tzedakah may avert the severity of the decree we deserve to be judged by, but gemilut chasadim can change the whole framework in which we live. It can reward and change us despite our shortcomings. It can help us live our lives as a blessing to the world. Thank you, Rabbi Sylvia, and thanks to Liberal Judaism, Reform Judaism, and Leobet College for supporting Progressively Jewish. In our next episode, we're delighted to be welcoming back Rabbi Tanya Saknovich, who will be considering how it doesn't always need a great act to have a great effect. <laughs>